You're listening to Finn Too Deep. To a back to throw, blitz coming, and get to him. No, he takes off running, and he's he in. It. Touchdown, Miami! With the sixth pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Jalen Waddle. Giving you unfiltered, informed, and controversial takes on the Miami Dolphins and the NFL Draft. Here's Reason and Neil. back everyone as we dive fin too deep as always i'm your host reason and i'm joined by my co-host neil driscoll neil dolphins coming off a thrilling 42 38 victory epic comeback you were there for it live um you're an absolute emotional roller coaster through text message to that game by the way um it was uh, a it was probably you know it definitely better than the miami miracle probably one of the greatest fourth quarters I've ever seen, um, man. And now we are f- riding high, feeling mighty, and with a ton of momentum heading into Bills Week. Uh, how you feeling heading into the Bills game now? Oh, dude, I, I was a definitely an emotional roller coaster. You know, I, and I and I tell everyone this, man. If you thought they were going to win at halftime and you did not put money on it, shame's on you because you would have got a really really nice pad off. I don't know what the exact odds were, but. I mean, dude, I, I would say in my lifetime as a Dolphins fan, I'm 40, been a big fan of this team for about 35 years at this point. That's one of the best wins I've ever seen this franchise have. Um, you know, let's be honest. The defense played awful, right? We go into Baltimore, which is historically our kryptonite. It's one of the hardest places to play in the NFL. Lamar Jackson has a historic game, right? And, and kind of the headline is, as well as Lamar Jackson played, and, and he played at an MVP level, he failed his audition to be the next Dolphins quarterback because he was upstaged by only one person, and that was Tua Tungavaloa, who in the second half of that game played like an out-of-body quarterback. It went from like, wow, this Tua has not improved to there's Alabama Tua. And honestly, if we could fall somewhere in between, this franchise is going to be in really, really good hands. If he plays you know, 80% of what we saw in that fourth quarter. I mean, this team is as dangerous as any team in football. But, you know, I I think what I liked about it, reason the most, was that most often teams, when they face adversity, right, and that was a key word in all these press conferences, they quit. They roll over. That's what we saw whenever it was, you know, you know, I hate to say it, but Tony Sperano's Dolphins, and we the Ravens came in here in a playoff game and just smacked us around, right? We've seen it with, you know, um, Adam Gaze's team, and we lost 40 to nothing on Thursday night football. You know, Brian Flores, when they beat us 59 to 10 in the opener, you know, we've seen this team just quit when the Ravens come and give us their best shot, or, you know, most teams give us their best shot. But them fighting back the way they did, and it took the perfect storm of events, you know, it changed a lot of my perception of this football team. And, you know, it's early, right? it's only week two, but there's only 17 of these weeks. So it's not like, you know, the sample size continues to grow, but the guy who I'm more impressed with, even though Tua tongue of low at this point, man, is Mike McDaniel, because this guy in his first two games has taken out Brian, uh, Brian, I'm um, Bill Belichick and John Harbaugh, right. Who are well regarded as two of the top five coaches in football. And like, 
let's not mistake it. He straight up out coached John Harbaugh in the second half of that game. And, you know, the way I, you know, my, my summary to get off my soapbox here is the reason I'm so high on this team is that you knocked on Superman's door. You went into Superman's house. And when I'm saying Superman, I'm saying Lamar Jackson. And you went in there and you showed superpowers that not even he could overcome. And we all knew this Waddle Tyreek Hill receiving core was going to be great, but it might even be better than great. I mean, what they were able to do to that Ravens defense and that Ravens secondary, who has Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, Chuck Clark, Marcus Williams, Kyle Hamilton. It was historic. I mean, it was amazing. And it's great to see the narrative on the Miami Dolphins change a little bit, man. It really is a breath of fresh air. But none of it matters unless they build off of this, right? Like, we don't want them to lay that egg this weekend. But flying high, man. I, I don't know what you think. But that was the best football game I've ever seen live in my entire life. Um, was there with two of my cousins, and, and it was just amazing. Um, you know, the Ravens fans for 90% of that game were yelling soft at me. Um, they were talking trash about Tua. And God, did their faces change. How was it? Like, I, I want to, because um, I'm going to tell you a quick story. Back in um, 2009, right? Um, it was Valentine's Day. And me and my brother, massive Penguins fans. He's been a Penguin fan since 84, been a Penguin fan since I was born. We hate them, Toronto Maple Leafs. We went and watched the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Pittsburgh Penguins. And we got up like 4-1, 5-1, and we ended up losing the game. And I remember standing up. I remember we lost the year before to Detroit in the Stanley Cup Finals. And I remember standing up, and I remember the trash that was being talked to us. And one person even said they want – because remember, we were like out of the eighth spot at this point. And someone was like, they're not even going to make the playoffs this year, Right. And and ended up obviously we fired Michelle Terry and brought in Dan Balsma. We won the Stanley Cup that year. And there were the I'm telling you, Neil, the first people I thought of when we won that Stanley Cup was the Leaf fans that were chirping us so hard. And like it would have been good to get vindication in the game, but you got vindication in the game in the fourth oh. quarter. I mean, were they talking crap when they when Tyreek beat him the first time? Like, were they talking crap when we started making it close? Were they still chirping or did they started? You could tell they're sitting uh, on their hands a little bit more. Well, I'll walk you through the chronicle of it on tell the opening kickoff when Devin Duvernay took that thing to the house. Like, literally, man, I like cried in my beer. Like, I'm just being honest. Like, I was like, here we effing go. And the Ravens fans in my section were all letting me know, uh, it, you know, within reason. I mean, why were they? Not, were you chirping them when before he sat down, or did they just? No, start you know, I, I, I don't. Man, our jail here is called Central Booking, and it's not a nice place in Baltimore City, which is like the murder murder capital of the world. I, I want to stay as far as way as I can, and if you get arrested at that stadium, that's where you're going. So, you know, I, I've tried to, um, I've tried to tone it down, but yeah, man, when, and especially when Lamar broke that 79 yard run. I mean, that's when. You know, literally a guy in front of me who was drunk was turned around yelling that the Dolphins were soft. And, you know, my cousin's like giving me that look like, Neil, please don't hit this guy. And, you know, it's all good. Like, you know, hey, I keep it friendly. But that first touchdown, I could hear the justification start where I heard the one guy say to his buddies like, well, the only good news here is at least I have Tyreek Hill on my fantasy team. Right. And I hate one of the things I hate in sports is when like your team loses, but you justify it by fantasy football. Right. Like 
you know, most people play maybe a hundred dollar buy-in and win 600 bucks. You know what I mean? So it's like, you're justifying it. Now that second touchdown, I swear I could like hear people's heart break. And, but you know, there was when a we tied it, the tie. Yeah, well, we tied it. And then when they got the ball back and they were driving right down the field, like everyone knew that Justin Tucker was going to be able to kick that field goal. But I think the concern really started to hit when Mark Andrews, you know, he had, I, I think it was Eric Rowe beat and Lamar floated that ball over him. The end right? zone? Are you talking about the end zone yeah, or over in, the middle or over in, the middle? In the end zone. Yeah. And, and after that hit and we had the field goal and we had time. I could tell there was some concern. Were they quiet when we got that ball back? Were they? Were they no. they, they well, must not have been saying a damn word to you, bro. Well, two, two things I'll highlight is that for a Ravens home opener, I don't know if a lot of the you know um, you know the people that were the diehard fans, it was very tame overall. Like Ravens usually have a pretty ferocious you know environment. I mean, especially when you think about the Ray Lewis days, the Terrell Suggs days, the Ed Reed days. I mean, that stadium. I would go when the Dolphins didn't play with with my wife because she had season tickets. And it'd be, I mean, look, as a football fan, man, like, you know, you don't have to like the team. You see Ed Reed taking a pick six and that stadium erupting. It's awesome. You know what I mean? But. And one of the craziest things, reason I saw two women that were probably between 65 and 70 years old rocking Chase Edmonds jerseys. I was like, what the hell? Like, I family. Yeah, no, no, they weren't. Well, they. <laughs> I I I I'm just putting the tea loose, but man, I saw so many Tua jerseys, so many Tyreek, so much Waddle, man, and I've never seen that. I've been to every Dolphins Raven. They played 18 times. I've been to 17 of the 18. The only one I ever missed was the year Greg Camarillo caught that touchdown and the game winner in 2007 with Cleo Lemon. So I've been to every Ravens game in Baltimore, and I've never seen that much Aqua, man. And it was really really cool to see. But when Tua hit Tyreek Hill in the middle of the field for that 20-yard field, and I heard people in our stands being like, Dolphins kick are good. And then I started to stand up a little bit and be like, yeah, he's good, but we're not going to need him, right? And then I swear when Waddle caught that ball, in my football fandom, I mean, dude, I had tears down my cheek. I mean, that was just special to me because – it's vindication for Tua Tungavaloa and something to build off of. But that dude, he earned that. And then that speech afterwards, you see Mike McDaniel saying, like, this dude was fighting the whole time. Like, the only reason we won that football game is because of Tua Tungavaloa. I mean, I, I Hill and Waddle did their part, but he kept fighting, man. And it, when they were down 35 to 14, it would have been easy just to hang your head and give up. I, I, I think it's such, something so special that this team's going to build off of. And God, Mike McDaniel, but that team chemistry, watching Tua get the slime dumped on him. We have not had this chemistry on the Miami Dolphins team in a long, long time, man. Maybe, I mean, the Wildcat team definitely did have some camaraderie, but, like, I mean, it's not every day, dude. You're, you're the best corner in football, gives up a 75-yard touchdown on a slant. You give up 103 kickoff, yard, kickoff return for a touchdown to Devin DuVernay. Lamar breaks a 79-yard run i mean if they did this against like the jets okay cool but they did it to the, to the ravens man who's been one of their freaking you know thorns in their sides forever and man it was just such a special uh, game to go to man i i just like all week i've been like feeling a extra pep in my step like just being a part of that being live was so awesome leaving the stadium reason i was literally with people in huddles jumping up and down like we won it all man it was awesome 
to see um, our, our community, man, the people that want to be good and be a part of it. I mean, awesome people, man, that you met. Um, even a couple people that recognized me from the Twitter streets. It was pretty neat, man. <laughs> I got to be honest. Um, yeah, so obviously the talk of this week and 201 player of the week as he put up 469 yards, four touchdowns in the third in the fourth quarter alone, finishing for six touchdowns um, and two interceptions. Um, you know, Lamar played a pretty perfect game, and yet Tua just played a better game. And I know you weren't able to see it because you were actually there. The look on Lamar's face when we got down to that seven-yard line and we were about to punch it in, when they flashed to Lamar on the sideline, like you could tell, the look on his face was like, what more do I have to do right now? Um, and, and he ran on the Twitter and wrote, good shit, Miami Dolphins, right? Yeah, like, is, you know, this was – the best performance since 13 was wearing Aqua one orange. And, you know, you go back and you watch the all 22, which I broke it down, like the Kaseki touchdown. First of all, that is a 35 yard dot to the back of the end zone. Second of all, the play design, uh, the, the curl by Tyreek, I believe it was a curl by Tyreek. And I know Cedric ran a curl on the boundary, but they both drew double coverage. They both drew two guys and it allowed Kaseki to sneak in the back of the end zone, just like, if you look at that first touchdown throw to the right side to Tyreek on that on that go route, they basically put Kyle Hamilton in conflict with Jalen Waddle's deep dig over the middle. If you look at Kyle, his hips and his eyes are all opened up towards Waddle on the dig route because we've been feeding him up until that point. And then he realizes, oh, crap, the boundary guy just got beat by Tyreek. Yeah, and he I tries mean- to make it up. He tries to make up for it, and he literally just can't. I mean, Kyle Hamilton had an absolutely atrocious game. So did their other first-round pick, Tyler Linderbaum, because whenever I saw, and I've watched this game four times over now myself, I mean, Christian Wilkins was just, I mean, on all those short running plays that we stopped him on, Wilkins was just dominating Tyler Linderbaum off the snap, man. I mean, it, it was it was, it was was awesome. See, and, and one thing I want to also highlight about this Tua game and compared to Dan Marino, right? Not only was it one of the best performances since Dan Marino, if you take the context of what happened, this would have been one of Dan Marino's best games, right? Like, let's put it in context. 469 yards, six touchdowns, a 21.4th quarter to come back and beat the Ravens in Baltimore. I mean, that is as, you know, I wouldn't say it's Dan Marino's best game, and, and I'm thinking about the game where he returned again from the Achilles against the Patriots probably being one of his best games ever. But I, I, I'd have to – think that this would fall into Dan Marino's top five games ever as a Dolphin. That's how well, good when Dan threw for 521 yards in a game, he also threw five picks. Right, right. Like, I, I think, and, and then, like, the way that he overcame the adversary, adversary, because, look, the one pick was really a rough throw, but the ball also fell right into the guy's lap. The second one, man, like, I I, I still haven't got a great angle of it to see if his Marcus Williams' feet got in, but it looked really he close. The it first did. one, the first interception was to Tua was late on the throw by like a by like a hair, and that's why if he if he was just a split second early, that thing's right in Tyreek's chest. The set the because if you look at when he throws it, he throws it when Tyreek's getting to the top of his stem and starting to turn back. When you need to be throwing it when he's like three quarters of the way up his stem before he turns. So when he turns to back to you, the ball's right there. Right. So he was a split second late on that. The second one, he actually had that same read earlier waddle on that deep corner and earlier he looked it off because it was bracketed the same way it was bracketed when he threw it but if you watch it 
specifically from the end zone view, he tried to do his little Bama thing where he knew where he was going pre-snap and he took the snap and he looked off to the right, hoping he could move a safety, snapped his head back to the left and threw it to the spot. Right. And the thing is, he didn't move Marcus Williams off. And yeah, Marcus Williams kept his feet in. If you yeah, look okay. at the end zone, all 22, he's good. Yeah. No, and Marcus Williams, I I put a safety ranking out earlier in the week, and I had him in my top five. He's a great player, good addition to that defense. But, yeah, man, I mean, when you when you accumulate everything that happened in that game, man, that was just a special, special day to a balled out player of the week. I mean, man, I, I, I don't – like, I always had Tyreek Hill as a top three receiver in football. I I, I mean, it's, I know it's one game, but I think it's going to be the one of, of many games that he has like this. I, I mean, you could make the argument he's the best receiver in football, and you can make every argument that Jalen Waddle's as good as any player in football too. I mean, y'all, Jalen Waddle was going to feast as that number two man. Everyone oh, I, well, I, you remember man, before I even saw a snap, I told everyone he is the best number two wide receiver in football. I, I don't even, even think it's that. close to be honest. And, and I got roasted when I said that I thought he was going to be better than Jamar Chase downstream, and I do, man. And look at the Bengals. I mean, did you know who the worst graded player in football is right now? And we both wanted him. L. Collins. He's doing awful. Yeah, he's struggled. He's been awful. And it's like, it's just funny how it works. But the one guy who I want to give a pat on the back for. Greg Little's been solid, though. For That's us. what I'm saying. I mean, I, I don't think Austin Jackson's getting his job getting back. His job back no. I, you got to move Austin Jackson to left guard, get Eichenberg out. Eichenberg's a disaster, bud. That guy, that guy, he has, he has, he has no, like, you watch him against Kalias. First of all, Connor Williams made a few. You know, he's fan blocking and instead of helping out Eichenberg, he's helping out Hunt when he didn't need the help. But I can Eichenberg, man, how easily Calais Campbell swiped the hands away. You know, how slow he is into his kick slide. He's got no recovery ability whatsoever. His hand placement on Sunday was terrible. I saw like um that other interior lineman Washington for them, you know, that guy Washington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a Broderick Washington. Yeah, yeah. He swiped the hands away from Eichenberg. No effort, no problem. Like, and he's not even good. Yeah, bro. Like Eichenberg is it? Yo, Eichenberg is not in at left guard. Go put Austin Jackson. Austin Jackson in between Taron Armstead. Yeah, and, and you know that's like a homeless person's version of you know Laramie Tunsil. Throw him in like when we had Tunsil in between Albert and Pouncey. Well, and I think Brandon Shell is going to be the is going to be blossomed into the swing tackle of this team, actually. And and I think that Austin Jackson might be better. I mean, we don't know. We still don't know how long he's going to have been out. We've been kind of ho hum on it. But I, I was going to ask you because I, I didn't see why. But when Tua threw the touchdown to Tyreek, the second one that tied the game up, did I see Michael Dieter on that play playing? I didn't notice. I didn't notice. Well, I, I just noticed because I, I when I watched one of those um you know one of those awesome videos of NFL films films that are going out there. When Tua threw that touchdown, the first person I see that comes up and gives him a hug is Michael Dieter, like he was on the field, like unless he just bolted in from the sideline. I I, I saw yeah, that and I wanted to go back and double check it, but yeah, I, I mean, look, and you notice Connor Williams took the glove off his snapping hand too. Yeah, and, and honestly, like between Connor Williams and Taron Armstead, I mean, just think about we're talking about Tyreek Waddle and Tua, rightfully so. But dude, Taron Armstead's a warrior. For him, yeah. to leave, he left the stadium in a walking boot, right? He was yeah. out there probably at 75% completely shutting down the Baltimore Ravens. They had one sack the whole game on us, and that's the way they win football games. And I don't think they have the old uh, vaulted uh, Ravens pass rush that they used to, but, God, Taron Armstead, I just watch. I mean, his kick slide is such a beautiful thing. He's such a technician. I, I mean, dude, him and Connor Williams have made the line, and Rob Hunt's playing really good football. I mean, He had a couple whiffs. 
Yeah. yeah. The interior had a couple. It was mainly Hunt and Eichenberg. Eichenberg more, but Hunt did have a few uh, a few whiffs. Well, when we ran from. the ball, when we ran the ball, we ran the ball really, really well. And I think that's the part of this yeah, offense. Mozart needs to be life. the lead back. I said this after game one, brother. Oh, yeah. Mozart I, needs to be the lead back. And I just think that's a good problem to have with those two guys, and they both can kind of create. And and I think that's going to be a good thing. But I mean, man, this all offense is going to fire. If you're going to beat Buffalo, you need that run game going. You need to keep Josh Allen off the field. You got to you have control the clock. So, and which is amazing because look at us controlling the clock. They had a ten minute drive in the first quarter, and we still won the time of possession by like ten minutes. Like right. that is ridiculous ridiculous and that's another thing you got to put into context with that first half Tua only had the ball once in the first quarter and i gotta say this Tua, the second decision was really bad and he was late on the first interception but he made some real nice throws in that like if you go back with the hindsight and the context of how the second half works out you can see the light going on in the first half there are some throws he made in the first half that were money in the bank shorty what you drank and sicky throw on third down yeah i pose this question for you do we have because i think we do do we have the best third down quarterback in football i mean if you look like you know all the touchdowns in the second half are on third down bro people lie numbers don't i mean we have a clutch quarterback that knows how to win he's got some limitations but if he plays with confidence those limitations go to the wayside and like you saw Tua oozing confidence, man, in that second half of the game. Uh, you know, I, I told Dude, everyone on Twitter, I have a tease. Because I hate this, these words that are being used. This, well, look, you know, hold I, on I a think sec, hold on a sec. Listen, you know how many guys have Herbert and Josh Hallen's skill set? Do people not realize Burrow has to win the same way that Tua does? And another thing I'm going to tell everyone. Listen, since Burrow and Herbert were drafted into the NFL, they have worked and improved on the quarterbacks they were at LSU and Oregon. Okay? Tua Tungvaloa has been working to get back to the level he was at at Alabama. And they've had the luxury of three years trying to build that up and get and become professional players, and he's trying to get back to what he was. Now, with the limitation thing, dude, until he got his mechanics better under Tom house after his injury, Tom Brady was, you know, Tom Brady wasn't out here throwing, you know, 60 yard dimes, bro. I mean, this is what people need to realize because once you get to the NFL is when you work on and perfect your mechanics, your footwork, everything like that, you start working and building off of, and this guy was trying to get back to what he was. So now limitations, people want to bring this word up because Herbert and Josh Allen exist. How many Herberts and Josh Allens have we seen over the last 20 years? Because guess what? Ben Roethlisberger wasn't even what these guys are. Well, I, I agree. But I, I just think when I say the limitations, you know, the arm strength is, is an area of focus. It's not to well, Before the injury, he was a second-tier NFL arm. What I'm saying yeah. is the reason why we've seen the arm is because he's been working to get back to what he was. Yeah, I, I, and I think even at his optimal point, right, he's not going to have the arm of those guys. Earl had a worse arm coming out. Yeah. I, they, uh, I, you know, the injury, I, I know I'm, I'm way higher on Herbert than you. I, I think Herbert's the third best quarterback in football. So, uh, I, you know, I think – His record doesn't show that. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, Joe Flacco is also the second most winning quarterback in postseason history. 
you know, everything has context. But I, I think that at the end of the day, you what's know, the you context see- with Herbert? The guys had a stat. What are we talking about, bro? No, other I, than, I his, agree, other hey. than his offensive line in year one and Derwin James being hurt, the guys had a pretty and like I mean, and the guy had Pep Hamilton to make up for that in year one, one of the best quarterback whispers. I mean, Herbert's had a lot go right for him. Well, I mean, I've been drafted there for a long time, saying you either win him fantasy football championships or championships. Because Herbert would not be what he is right now if he was drafted under Brian Flores and Chan Gailey. I'm gonna tell you that right now. Yeah, of course. You would not, see the no. flashes. You would see the stuff that makes you drool. You just wouldn't see it as consistently. Right. Well, I mean, and that's, you know, that's, you know, he's a young quarterback too, and he has room to get better. They all do, right? Like, you know, we've seen Josh Allen take that leap. I mean, if Tua can take the type of leap that we've seen out of Josh Allen, this Dolphin team is going to be a perennial contender. And that's what we all hope, right? Because, you know, we know that the leash year is short. I mean, there's no way that to me that it's going to be fool's gold. I've seen some of that stuff out there. I I, I just don't think you can fake your way to that type of performance. Uh, you know, I, I just don't. I think the Dolphins are that good. I think they're that well coached, and I think the best is actually yet to come because I think the running game is going to start hitting, and I think it, I think it starts this week. To be honest, I think we're going to have some success running the ball. Um, you know, you, if you if you in kind of in transition to this game against Buffalo, right? That defensive line, it looks like they could be down Jordan Phillips, Ed Oliver, and Tim Settle, so their top three defensive tackles. And we already know that the secondary. I mean, they're not going to have Dane Jackson or Tre'Davious White out there. And it looks like Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer both did not practice today. Um, so, I mean, that's a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball that's not going to be there. And, I mean, I, I noticed a couple times just last week, you know, we all know the big run Chase Edmonds had. There was a few times where Mozart just missed breaking a big run. And if this running game comes to complement this passing attack, this offense goes from, like, dangerous to lethal. You know, I, I really can believe that. And we even saw Mike Kosicki get his confidence back a little bit, man. That touchdown catch was beautiful, man. Tua I missed mean, him wide open in the end zone, though. Um, right before he threw the Craycraft touchdown, there were they like, and he did this all last season, too, which I didn't like. He locked in um, pre snap on a read, and it was the incompletion of Craycraft before. Yep, yep, I remember the past. If you go back and watch that play, you can see it pre-snap that they're vacating the middle of the end zone due to coverage responsibilities. And Gusecki's literally running a slant right over the middle, wide open. Do you think that Tua just did it because that second touchdown pass or the first touchdown pass to Craycroft was just so beautiful that he knew that was coming? Because that was, I mean, him spitting out of that and hitting that throw to no, Craycraft. No, no, no. It's because I think, I, he, I, think it, I think he was forcing it because he wanted to get Craycraft his first NFL touchdown. Yeah, well, but, it, but he's it, locking it in. Out. I don't like the locking in pre predetermined stuff. He did that last year, and it left plays on the field when he did that. He's got to stop doing that. Well, don't you think it's kind of ironic that as good as he played in the preseason, that Eric Uzakama has been inactive, and Rick, River Craycraft's getting the one who's getting the, the bump up to the game day roster. Well, did you hear why Craycraft Uzakama no. is being? Um, because they don't think he's ready. They're trying to teach him the slot. Texas Tech receivers don't really have an expansive route tree. They're trying to they're trying to expand his route tree and teach him how to work out of the slot, not just be a boundary guy. Yeah, and, and Cedric Wilson, you know, if I have to find something negative, and I know he's he might not play this week with ribs, I, he he's the one guy. And again, it's a small sample size, but like I don't know, like he just doesn't look like he has a big role in this team. And maybe he's the fourth or fifth option. Maybe he'll make well, some- he, when. 
when like yeah. 28 targets out of 51 are going to, to right. like, well, if you, know you remember, I, mean? I asked you a few weeks ago, I'm like, you know, do you think they signed Cedric Wilson if they knew they were getting Tyree killed? Yeah, right. Cause if you remember, yeah, I mean, yeah. the Tyree kill, we have heard how it went down with Mike McDaniel, like trade everything to get him. Like it seemed like it materialized fast and there wasn't this long, you know, plan on how to do it. Yeah. And look, yeah, I don't want to sell a guy short. Like we need, we're going to, I hope he plays this week, Cedric Wilson. And I hope he, this is a game where he makes some big plays. Cause I think that, you know, we're going to line up there, and I, I think the game. I think Mike McDaniel's so smart that the Bills are going to put young safeties. I know one of them is Demar Hamlin, who played at Pitt. I forget who the other backup is. I think they're going to play him deep and give us a lot of stuff underneath, and allow Waddle and Hill catch the ball in space and make people miss. Thor's loved Hamlin too. Yeah, yeah, I, I liked him a lot too. Um, yeah. I, I just think that you know this is a game that ma- we match up really, really well. But you know we got to slow down Josh Allen. I I I do not want Josh Allen to have another a couple, weird. A couple things too, like I think Settle and Oliver are going to play because they were just limited this week. They didn't. It's not they didn't did not participate. Just like Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis did not. He's going to play. Yeah. Yeah, he's been limited all week, and he said he's playing. So I think like Dawson Knox did not participate yesterday, but he was limited today. I think at Oliver and Settle will play. It's going to be. It's just going to be interesting. Phillips will be interesting. Um, Poyer was limited yesterday and did not practice today. And then, uh, um, I did not practice. Today. He hasn't practiced all week, yeah, see, I, but also I, Taron Armstead hasn't practiced all week as well. Well, so I, I have the thing right here in front of me, right? The, um, this, the, uh, so limited the today was Ed Oliver. He was limited. Yeah. Tim Settle was limited. Mitch was limited Wilson yesterday Center. too. They were limited yesterday as well. Jordan Phillips did not practice, and he's actually become a good player for them in Buffalo. Jordan Poyer did not practice. Um, yeah, I just read it off, bro. Yep. Poyer, Micah Hyde, Micah Hyde. Yeah, I read it off, bro. The Austin Knox was limited today, and he did not practice yesterday. I said that. Mm. Poyer was limited yesterday, did not practice today. Micah Hyde has not practiced either day, and Jordan Phillips has not practiced either day. Taron Armstead has not practiced Wednesday or Thursday. Wow. Hunter Long and Seathan Carter have not practiced any day. Xavier Howard with that groin didn't practice yesterday, but he was back today. He was limited. Yeah, I, I think with Taron Armstead, that's what we're going to see all year, though. Yeah, I, they're going to give him vet rest, bro. Yeah, I mean, they're just going to—he's going to be a game day kind of guy. You know yeah. what I mean? I think that's just what we're going to see. I mean, look, the the best safety combo in football is. But you know what worries me? Like, like Settle and Oliver are playing, but bro. The thing is, Milano and Tremaine Edwins can st- are very effective against the rush too. So oh, that's yeah. the thing they they got a they got a good second level against against the rush. I'm telling you right now, it, all we need is give me the pass pro from last week, and even if Poyer and Hyde are out there some by some miracle, what do they have on the boundary right now? Well, look, man, it's, if you want to be a contender in this league, like. Who cares if they're all out there? They're waiting they to be exposed. That th- they got no Tre'Davious White. They got nothing to keep up with. They are waiting. Listen, they are waiting to get exposed in the corner matchups. Well, they're they gonna are have, waiting. Well, they're going to have a rookie, Kair Allen from Florida, starting right against yeah. Jalen Waddle or Tyree well, Kill. Elam, I was pretty high on him coming out. Yeah, I mean, He's rookie though. We saw we saw what they did to us with a rookie quarter out there. Um, yeah, I'm, this I'm, isn't knowing monogamy, bro. And then they're going to have. Let me. I'm just pulling up on their thing. So they have Demar Hamlin and Jaquan Johnson as their backups. They have a a corner named Christian Benford who who's been starting from them. And yeah, he's, played, he's played a bit for them already. 
And then the third corner is, or the second corner is going to be between Siren Neal, who I think went to South Florida and Kiara Elam. So they're going to be really young out in the secondary for sure. You know, the one guy that I want to keep an eye on who, who's really looked kind of rejuvenated this year is um, Von Miller. Um, Von Miller has looked pretty good. You know what I mean? So I'm saying if we get the pass pro we we had in Baltimore, you know, we'll, we'll be we'll be in good shape, man. Yeah. No, it's a big game, man. I, I don't want to short sell this game. I don't think it's like the sky's falling if you lose, but I think it's a way you can make a statement. And, and you know, you have Buffalo coming into your house. You, you know, let's be honest. They underwhelmed a little bit in their home opener. They're flying off one of the biggest wheels wins this team's seen in a long time. Like, you go out there and you put a big, you know, big performance up this week. And that narrative gets a lot – it gets like a yeah, snowball going down the sure. hill. It gets a lot of momentum, man. And, and you know, I, I thought it was really cool, the the uh, interview that I saw with Josh Allen kind of tipping the cap to it. Because, you know, I, I, you totally forget that there was a time where he was ridiculed and, you know, he wasn't a starter and he didn't have the tools. And he, you know, he became – Oh, a- all of us Tua fans didn't – all of us Tua supporters didn't forget. In fact, we kept telling people, hey – the light went on for, for Josh Allen in year three. Why can't that happen for Tua? That was like one of the basis foundations of, hey, you've literally seen it happen, Dolphin fans, against us. Why can't it happen for us? Well, well look, and, and if Tua goes in and gets this win here and the Dolphins were 3-0, and because I, you know, we talked about this early early in you know the offseason. You know, coming out of this 2-2, two and two, I think, was a really, really good situation. Now you've already accomplished that. Yeah, I, I feel like you almost have to win one of the next two games and leave the stretch three to oh, one. We're going to beat the piss out of the Bengals. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I actually, I actually think that, you know, I think we're almost ready for a big boy conversation about two quarterbacks that were in that draft class. Um, mm. and, and I think that's going to come to fruition, but you know, I think you, you, you know, look to be the best, you got to beat the best, right? The old Ric Flair to be the man. God, you got to beat the man, beat right? The man, Josh, yeah. you got to, you know, this bills team, we, they're not going to go away. We play them again this season. We're going to see them if we go in the playoffs, right? And I, I think it's it's now or never. Like, we have to put it up. I mean, they're still going to have some players in that defense. They have Josh Allen. I mean, Stefan, you know, I love Tyreek and Waddle. Stefan Diggs is, you know, in that class. You know what I mean? He's a he's a great receiver. Him and Josh Allen have amazing chemistry. But I just think this is this is the, um you know, the time that we can take them, man. And, um you know, I I, I kind of hinted on Twitter that I had a big prediction. Um, you know, and it's kind of a twofold thing. Um, you know, I, I think we win this game. I think we win this game thirty-four to thirty. Um, I think Tua plays really, really good again. I think the receiving core is going to eat, and it kind of leads me to my bigger prediction, which is I think this Dolphins team wins two playoff games at a minimum this off season, and I think that they will be a team buying for a Super Bowl in the next. It could happen as early this year. But I, I think they're even going to be better next year. I, I don't think this is fool's gold. I think this is real. I think they have found the right coach, which was the missing ingredient for all the talent that they've always had. And I think this team's just really starting to hit its stride. Um, you know, a lot of their key players are going to be here for the long haul. Uh, good contracts. Um, you know, you're going. there's going to be some work that's going to be needed to do at the end of the year here. But Chris Greer does a really good job of structuring deals, moving money around. I just think this is, you know, as a Miami Dolphin fan, you know, who's gone through a lot, right? It hasn't been easy, man. This is as good as it's going to get for a long time. And, and I think the Dolphins have a four- to five-year window to be a really, really good football team. And 
I, I think this ride is going to be a lot of fun. I think it's more what we've been expecting the last couple of years reason. And it's actually kind of finally come to fruition. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the big problems was, and you know, I, I, maybe I was a little blinded by it, but like, you're just seeing what a coach that comes in here and is a player's coach that believes in his team. Like they're, they're they seem like they want to play for this guy. Right. And, you know, we saw Brian Flores kind of try to be the guy who ruled the roost and we saw a lot of things go south and, you can't tell me that we see number one out there and he looks anything like the player he was last year. I, oh, I just, bro. People tried to, well, listen, I labeled all this stuff, the, the coaching staff, the personnel around him, the scheme. I labeled it all as context as to why we're not seeing two at his best yet. And it was labeled as, oh, though it's not context. Those are excuses. Those are excuses. Well, let me ask you this. They don't look like excuses now, do they? They look like the exact context of the situation that was happening. Did you see that guy's footwork when he actually got protection and he trusted his protection on Sunday? It was immaculate. And when Tua's footwork is at its best, he is at his best. And that is when you get what you saw at Alabama. Now regarding your predictions, I mean, I, I, I don't remember what you did, but I had us winning this game. Um, I did not did our preseason prediction show. So I'll save my score for inside the NFL. But in terms of your second prediction, I've sat all offseason on Finside the NFL. This year is about building the foundation and learning to win playoff games. Next year is about winning championships. I've said that from day one. And and, and I, I, I now, this team, like you said, why can't they? I mean, Reason they, 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 got, they got me. They got me. That's what I'm going to say. They got me thinking. And I, I've actually said this on my channel as well when you looked at our. Why can't we be the Bengals? Now, aren't we better? I, I would mean, say it with a bit. I would say it with a bit. You know, a little bit of facetiousness behind it. But now I'm actually thinking, like, holy shit, maybe they want to be the Bengals. <laughs> like well, now, well, it's one. See, like it's one thing to say it, and I mean, I said that a bunch of times this offseason. It's another thing to actually see the first two games pan out the way they do and be like, holy shit, maybe they are. Well, they have a horrible coach, Cincinnati, and I think Mike Daniels is already good, right? Like, he's already good. Yeah. I think they have an average defense, you know, that played well at some times. DJ Reader's been a good find for them. Jesse Bates is a good player. But, like, I can name five guys on our defense that would go there and be the best player on that defense. I know Jamar Chase had an unbelievable rookie year, and a T. Higgins is the truth. Give me Waddle and Tyree Kill over them all day long. I mean, you know, Joe Mixon, you know, I, I, as much as I like Mostert and Edmonds, I would give the nod to Joe Mixon, obviously. Um, you know, I, I just why could you think their offensive line from one to five would be much better nope. than ours, but nope, it's not, and and it, it looks awful. And Joe Burrow's getting killed, and he's not going to make it through the but season. It's also not on just the offensive line. If you watch Joe, he's Burrow, holding the ball, bro. He doesn't, and he doesn't make his hot reads, bro. He yep. doesn't make his hot reads all the time, and he gets murdered off off the side when he doesn't make the hot reads. So. I mean- they could lose. They could. They could very well lose the Jets this week, and it wouldn't surprise. I me. don't think they're going to lose it. Let's stop with that. I mean, and then they play us. Could you imagine if they found themselves in an zero and four hold? Like this guy could go from coaching in the Super Bowl to getting canned in a year. You know what's scary about the Jets, though? Look at what Flacco's doing with those weapons, and that's a guy in his twilight. I think Flacco's better than Zach Wilson. I agree, one hundred ten percent. But he's in his twilight. I imagine when they get the guy. That's what the scary thought is. That's. 
the guy that can grow with Elijah. Like, did you see Garrett Wilson last week again? Oh, Garrett the guy that man. the guy that can grow with Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson, and they got CJ Usma. And you know what? I know Beckton's out, but they got a pretty damn good offensive line over there too. Yeah, they're they're, they're, they're right. They're, yeah, they're. I mean, they're gonna. I I don't think they're what they've been. You the know, last the team years. is Neil that I think that people need to wake up on officially. And when they get the guy, look out is Detroit. Yeah, they're a fun team, and I and I and I think they should be looking for the guy after this year. I, yeah, I think, when's Jameson I, back? Jameson's back in the next couple of weeks, isn't he? Yeah, and I, you know how much I love Jameson Williams. I think, bro, he's and Amon St. Rob. I'm a come on, Amon Ross St. Brown is and a, DJ a, Shark right? and TJ yep. Hawkinson, and they, yep. and they they have worked. And do you, know, did you see the? Have you seen the corner DeAndre Swift has turned already this season? Oh yeah, he's playing awesome. I, I buddy, have losing him and in what, and, and all because of what Neil. They built the offensive line properly, bro. Right. That well, might what come on. Panay Suel and Taylor Decker might be two of the best bookend com- combo out there. Yeah, but I would still take Waddle over Sewell. And I hear what you're saying. I no, think- no, I'm talking about offensive linemen right yeah, now. Yeah, no, I know. I, I I was like one of those guys that like when Sewell was on the board, I was salivating. Well, I don't care. I was right either way because Waddle was my wide receiver one and Panay was my tackle one, so I'm right either way. I don't. Well, care a couple one. a couple truths that I'm seeing this year is that Ryan Tannehill that ship sailed, right? Like he's coming down to earth. Malik Willis. Yeah, I think they had to win in the first couple years. They got him, and now that it's Malik it, Willis. Yeah, time yeah. And then yeah. the 49ers, right? Like we saw Trey Lance's out for the year. How high? And I was they- hoping that pick was going to be top five with Trey at the helm. Now with Jimmy G, we might I be still- screwed. I still think it's going to be a top 10 pick, man. I, I just don't think the Diners are that good. And the Kittle's already hurt. We'll see. I mean, Eli you know, I still think out. the NFL screwed us and robbed us of a pick. But it's yeah, all good. Did. That pick's going to be 32 anyway, right? Like, <laughs> but, but I mean, just like, it's funny the league, how the league is, though, man. And, and you know, it's also it's awesome to feel like you're on the good side of the stories. You know what I mean? Because Let's give some card advice. I wanted to get your thoughts on this. All right, let's go. Because we talked about Malik for a sec. Because this quarterback class is pretty cheap. Is Malik who you'd invest in yes. right now? Yes, I, I think I just think that he's because I think Sam Howell's yeah. a sleeper investment because I do think he's going to take over when Wentz leaves. Yeah, I, I just think that's probably a little more far off. I, I think Tannehill. I mean, look, man, Derrick Henry doesn't look like the same player. We all know that he's yeah. a great running back, but he's taking a yeah. lot of tread on that tire. Yeah. I mean, they don't I have eight- adds another level to him. I mean, just think what they did. They they traded AJ Brown away, and, and I like trailing. Really got Malik him, Neil. Like, come on, bro. Well, I, and I was always I thought that was one of the bigger steals of the draft. And like, you let him go. Oh, he's to, better than Kenny Pickett. I mean, oh, he's going sure. to be better than Kenny Pickett. Oh, for sure. And, and, and I had him ranked way higher. I, I mean, he was my QB one, Malik Willis, and, and yeah, it was really too. close. Yeah. You know, I had a third rate ground on Kenny Pickett actually, and a first rate round grade on Malik Willis. I mean, when he was getting down there in the third round, like, dude, I was like, look, man, I'm all about Tua, but, like, this could just be a good value. Just now, hey, we got Skylar Thompson. <laughs> he turned out to be have a good preseason. Yeah, he's a troll. Yeah. Because yeah, I'll, I'll be buying his cards on the cheap, too. But, um, no, it's interesting, man. I think it's fun to watch. Like, And I know I was, you're a Penn State guy with your wife. I'm imp- – I, okay, I still say my wide receiver one has been the most impressive, Drake London. Okay? Right. But Jahan Dotson's right there, eh? Holy oh. – Oh, he and and I actually picked him to be the rookie of the year, the offensive rookie of the year, because I just thought that him opposite of Terry McLaurin was good. Dotson can catch the ball; he has strong hands, yeah. man. I mean, they're they're a team that like Carson Wentz. I don't want; he's been playing okay, rejuvenated right? a little bit, eh? Looks yeah, rejuvenated, playing okay, um, for sure. And like, there's a lot of there's a lot of good stories in the NFL right now. I mean, you know, you can't ignore that Jalen Hurts has been playing pretty well in Philadelphia. Yep. The yep. Eagles look like a real contender. 
Um, you know, I I think that's what we want. Flacco, though, bro. Like, are you? Oh, Joe Flacco, you know what though? Like, you know, Joe Flacco was one of my least favorite players who was in Baltimore because yeah. there's always this elite conversation. But you know, look, it's good to see a veteran like this that. Super Bowl run was elite. And oh, the playoffs, elite. that was and an elite run. Gets. Top yeah. top run of maybe the best run of all time. I mean, it yeah. really was that good. I mean, that him and Eli right are right there. That when Eli took that eight and eight team and he went on that, he because Flacco beat his record, right? Flacco right. with most touchdowns in the without an interception through a whole playoff run. Flacco beat his record, I'm pretty sure. Well, and, and it's funny because we're talking about traits that Tua has, right? And, and we're talking about these quarterbacks, right? Mm-hmm. The one thing that we learn now, right, is that we're never out. And, and that's a good thing about a young football team is that they have the resiliency because the NFL never goes as planned, right? Like if it always goes as planned, every time we did a pick, our picks on a Sunday, we'd all be hundred percent and we'd all win fantasy football championships every year, right? Like the NFL is crazy. There's injuries, there's suspensions, all this parody, right? I mean, the cool thing about it is that you just saw that your team is young. You have a first time head coach, but they look like they are so composed and they believe in each other. And that goes a long way in playing football. And, you know, the one thing that I think the NFL is going to be doing is kicking themselves that they didn't get this team on primetime more often because that's must-watch football, man. I, I mean, I, I had – when I was walking out, there was Raven fans that were like, God, you guys are so fun to watch. When's the last time, Reason, yeah. people that weren't Dolphins fans ever said to you the Dolphins were fun to watch? Dude, we, we look – and I know we were both young – but I know me and you both remember it either through highlights or when we were young children. This is the most exciting we've been since the Mark brothers and Tua and uh, Marino. Well, like even like I always go to the wildcat. Cause I was like, when we had a little bit of success, but we all knew that had an expiration. Yeah, exactly. Like, that That's why I'm not using that. You know what I mean? And, and can I talk about that, bro? For a sec, I got a frustration with dolphin fans. I got a bone to pick. Why does Pennington get all the credit for that year when it should be my boy Ronnie Brown that gets all the credit? Yeah, for well, you know, look, I, I I thought Chad Pennington was an absolute warrior here. I and thought I, he was great, but Ronnie Brown was what made everything go in that offense. Yeah, and and you also got yeah that and the resurgence of Ricky Williams coming yeah. back because he had to. Yeah, they were a great one-two combo yeah, that but, year, man. We knew. I, I think we all knew that that was a one-year bandaid on a bullet hole, and then when Chad got hurt against Tennessee. We all thought like, you know, you know, half of it for me was I, I did like Chad Henney coming out. I did. Uh, oh, did but, I, bro. I loved his arm. Yeah, I loved he, his he arm. He never and I, get his touch or his accuracy down and his placement, eh? That, that and his football IQ was rough. Man. Oh, terrible. Bro, I never – is he the only person in existence to overthrow Ted Ginn Jr.? Like, well, well, if you remember, you remember that on that like, Monday night game? You remember oh, that, bro? Oh, my God. I'm so mad. Ginn oh. was gone for that touch. Was it, it was against the Jets, right? Was it against well, the Jets or someone? It was the Jets. And it, it, yeah, Ginn was gone, him. bro, and he overthrew him. I was like, what? how do you overthrow Ted Ginn? Well, I'll say this, man. Like, I, he was a top pick, and we all – like, I wanted Brady Quinn when we got Ginn. So I'm not going to – Ted oh, Ginn became a way better story, pro. Bro. I got to tell you we, a quick story, bro, because you brought it up. Brady Quinn. Neil. Okay, so as everyone knows, I'm in Canada, all right? Do you remember back then the draft, the first round was on Saturday? Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. It was on Saturday. People don't remember. It wasn't this big three-day thing, right? It was all day. All yeah, day yeah. Saturday. Okay, so you remember that, right? So anyways. Yeah, of course. Okay, so I had to work that day, bro. I was with a landscaping company. I had to work that Saturday just to make some extra money. And, dude, I'm standing on someone's lawn. I'll never forget this because the guy had this, like, 
these pastel yellow garage matching garage doors. They were terrible. And the guy had Ooh. like the fullest, he was this old man who had the fullest set of eyebrows you'd ever see. It was ridiculous. <laughs> so anyways, I'm standing there, bro, on the old flip flow. You know, the flip flows were in back then. Right. Do you remember yeah. when the ESPN app wasn't what it is right now? Oh, and dude, it, was it was like, awful. Yes. yeah, right. So it's updating. So, bro, I'm watching Brady fall to us, Neil. I'm like, oh, here we go. Here we go. And then I'm not even, I'm not even, and pardon my language, everyone. And I had watched the national championship. So I knew what, who he was and everything. But this was my reaction. Ted Ginn? Who the <laughs> fuck is Ted Ginn? Bro, I was so mad when they did not take Brady Quinn. And you know what? I think Brady Quinn is kind of like, I don't think he was, he wasn't as good as um, David Carr coming out of college, but David Carr was ruined by the environment in the situation. Brady Quinn, same thing. I think he could have been a lot better Not than Cleveland. what he was in Cleveland, bro. No, was, you want to hear, dude, I, I actually got a, before the draft, I was so hell bent on Brady Quinn that I got a custom Reebok. I think it was at the time. Yeah, it was Reebok. Yeah. Brady Quinn Jersey. Uh, I'm wearing it at my first house. Uh, my buddy, who's been my best friend since I was four years old, literally come. We used to do. We made. I mean, we made that full day Saturday all the draft like our freaking mecca, where we got you know beers and wings and sat there. Yeah, and watched I love the that. Draft. Yeah, yeah, it was heaven, dude. And we're on the clock, and dude, I'm like, you know, I'm around the house dancing, right? Because I can't believe Brady's falling. Yep, and it's Ted Ginn Jr. But I'll say. Oh. But and we didn't just draft Ted Ginn Jr. We drafted his family, Neil. Oh yeah. my God! You remember? Yo, have you? How many? I have must have watched a hundred times the reaction of all the fans at that draft party who were there live, bro. And oh yeah, <laughs> and then the groan at the same time, right? And you know, I know Ted Ginn had the better career, long run. Obviously, he was actually the better pick when you look at it. I get it, but again, I think Brady Quinn in the right environment could a lot been like like. You know, I was not a big Deshaun Kaiser fan, but I think Kaiser, under the proper tutelage and the proper coaching, could have been more than what he was in Baltimore. Like, right. sorry, in Cleveland. Sorry, I, like I think that, like I literally think for a period of time that was where quarterbacks just what you you didn't get the development needed there, bro. You just didn't get the good coaching. You didn't get what you needed. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. We've come a long way as a franchise, man. When we're talking about Brady all the Quinn, start days and the draft, because because let, let, let's talk about how it went. That's right. what was so good about Tua Neil was because it, like Brady didn't. We actually pulled the trigger. You know what I mean? Like, well, and, and like here's the thing. Like, I, I'm just the, all the comparisons to everyone will go away. Whoever of this class. Like, I remember being excited about John Beck, Neil. Oh, me, dude, I have a John Beck jersey, and I remember what I was he like, said. Oh, he's, he's like, older, he's mature, he went on his mission at BYU, he's mature, He's and then the guy puts up literally Rosen numbers. Well, you remember his first, I think it was his first drive was against Buffalo, and he fumbled a snap, and they returned it for a touchdown against yeah. us. Yeah, oh. Right? Like, yeah, no, I, I hear you, man, and we've come a long way. We had the quarterback that we all wanted. It started a little rocky up front, but like things are heading in the right direction because they stuck to a plan and built around them. And yeah, I mean, hey man, again, 34 to 30. I have the Dolphins beating the Bills. I think it's gonna be three and oh, and I think we're all gonna be on oh. Twitter like just 
so proud of this football team and so happy to be a founder. It's like, honestly, you know, what was really cool last week. Reason I usually dread Twitter, but I was excited to see people like you still had idiots out there taken away from. Oh, the dude. I mean, that's never going to go away. And that's why, you know what the most beautiful fe- uh, function of Twitter is that mute, mute. Button, baby, because yeah. I've been muting people that like, and I don't want to see Chris Canny. Like, like you, you, you there, there's, there's people that just want to bring people down, man. It's all good. They'll let them do it. The best way to take care of those people is by keep doing the same thing and head in the right direction. You know, I think when we do this thing next time, we're going to be three and zero, talking about a prime time Thursday night football game in Cincinnati, and that Bengals team. How bitter are you that it's only on Prime? Because I'm pretty freaking bitter, bro. Well, here's what here's what I got to do because I'm going down to and here in Ocean City, Maryland, there's this three day concert. So me and, and a bunch of people are going down there and staying the weekend. The first day we get there is Thursday, so. I've already got two bars lined up that have because it's not it's apparently if you own a bar, you can actually get the games through direct TV somehow as well. OK, so I, I've called and I've already got one place in a reservation there so that I can watch it because I, I can't sit there and watch it off my phone. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm, I'm going to be there. But the beauty of it is I'm off work the next day. I can have a couple big boy sodas and I'm going to be getting if we get to if. I don't even care if we're three and one or four and zero oh at that time, Let's man. Get it. Let's go get it winning prime time, and let yeah. them guys who make those little uh, Sunday night football schedules go and change it around and get us some more prime time games, right? Like yep. we should be on, and and I think the good news is next year we'll be on a lot more. Yeah. There's nothing better than having your boys on prime time TV, right? Yeah. Like you know, I, I can't wait for Thursday. I can't wait for that Steelers game. It's going to be a fun season. Awesome win against the Ravens. Can't wait for this game against Buffalo. Guy, what we got? What we got? Three more sleeps. Um, is this the time that we beat the big bad wolf? It's two a time, right? Let's do it. All right, man. Um, guys, we're gonna be back next week, hopefully celebrating three and zero and a victory. Even still, it's a beautiful time to be a dolphin fan. And shout out to Diane Tungamaloa for you know sharing my reaction to the game because I was losing my mind on the channel. Dude, I I, I actually think I've watched that. 10 times and honestly the first time i watched it my wife was on the couch looking at me and i was like i was like hyperventilating because i was laughing so hard <laughs> this little like this little arm dance at when the first touchdown man and i literally was fu- i was bro, like, when i did the twitch let's go too oh, when i did the shit, bro. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it reminds me of me so much of being so obnoxious about the dolphins man like just oh, man like your whole life probably is just honestly like- it, you know you could feel the belief when we scored the 21st point when we scored that third touchdown you were like you know what we're in this like it wasn't when we went up 28 it was when we scored 21 we're like you know what we're in this right now and then what's great too is like the pass rush was so non-existent for three quarters, but as we made the game closer, the pocket started collapsing faster around Lamar. Bodies started falling around Lamar, and like you could tell, now the defense is like, "Oh, damn, we got an offense that can not only complement us, but that can get us back in games and win games when we're not doing our thing." This is nice. Well, let me tell you something that I really want to. Oh, and out. if X takes that freaking ball back oh, on the pick six, I the know. house comes down, bro. Vindication drop. But no, oh. but here's the thing I want to I want to really say that I don't think a lot of people are talking about. Yeah. Like a lot of people think that we caught this Raven team off guard. No, and there's broke coverage. Here's what they don't understand. They were ready for us. This was they were well coached. They were throwing man. They were throwing zone and everything they had at it. They just yep. couldn't stop it. And they, listen, they talked about the zero, the 
the zero the cover zero all week. That's what that Lamar Jackson run came off of for the touchdown. Whenever we ran cover zero, they they beat us on it. So they were ready for us, man. Right. Well, here here's one thing I I, I want to emphasize for this game against the Bills. Right. That was an awesome win against the Ravens. But we watch you you go back and watch the tape, and these guys are professionals. The players on that defense, namely in the secondary, because Javon Holland didn't have a good game. Um, X didn't have a good game. No, nope. I mean, our, our top five corner in football, Cater Kahu had a good game, Needham but um, got, yeah, not Needham got taken out for Needle, Needle, I, and Needle's been, I, Needham, he, he's made me a little queasy the last couple weeks. But what bar none, these guys are professionals, they know they didn't play their best football. I'd be shocked if this defense doesn't come out. Can and I make say to you, Neil, Jerome Baker's an absolute ghost now that uh, Flores is gone. Eh? And I heard this week that. He's on a short leash, and Josh Boyer isn't as big of a fan of him. Well, I think that when we talked about something earlier in this podcast, we talked about having to make decisions because of the cap and stuff like His that. His contract but is going to be one of those decisions, yep. I think that he is going to be looked at. And I don't think Jerome's a bad football player. I think he's just not a good scheme fit right now. You know, Buddy, if- he's like a top 30, 35 linebacker. Like, he's not even – I don't even think he's a top 20 guy. Yeah, well, I, I, you know, I, I'm not going to crap on him because he's been a good I'm player. not going to. I'm not going Hey, fun. sure, he's a nice guy. He's a good player. But let's be honest here. Can't shed a block worth his life. Can't get off blocks. Can't fill gaps. You know, I mean, his best attribute is his pursuit speed. You see his read and recognition ability against RPO and in the run game, especially with Landon Roberts as well. The read and recognition ability is just not there. He can be a liability in coverage because his instincts, again, he doesn't have the instincts to play what we ask him to play like that. He is literally an off ball blitzer. That's well, what he is. I'll tell you, man, we've talked about what we need in the draft, right? We've talked about offensive line and finding that premier left guard, a guy like Andrew Voorhees from Southern California comes to mind. I'm telling you, man, a guy that we should have circle and starred is Trenton Simpson, the linebacker from Clemson, man. I don't know if you've dug into him at all yet. Dude, that yeah, guy comes, he brings it, man. He yeah. brings it. I mean, he's a guy, you know, I don't know realistically where that draft pick is. But, no, I, I, I'm i with you. Like, I even said that to my my cousin. Like, you know, it, it's a shame that we haven't seen those big impactful plays from Baker. I don't think – But if our second level was short up, our defense – that, that's why I always stop short of calling our defense elite is because of our second level. Yeah, I think we have like an eight to ten ranked defense in the league right now. And imagine if our and that's what our second level is. What would you give it out of ten, bro? Out of ten, I'd give our second level like a four or five, bro. Oh yeah, our our, our linebackers, it, it's rough. I mean, I, and Landon Roberts had a good good game, but he's he's definitely got a lot of wear and tear on him, man. I I hope Channing Tindall's active this week. I, I would like to see you talk about someone who could spy Josh Allen, who has good instincts. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, it, I mean, it's a tough task for any rookie, but hey, man, go out there and earn your stripes. I mean, we've thrown, we've thrown, I mean, here's a question for you, kind of to wrap up. I mean, don't you think there's a good chance that we might see the starting corner opposite of Xavier Howard potentially be Cater Kahoo here in the near future if Byron Jones has any? Well, you know, Cater leg? got, well, Cater got a lot of work in the slot too, right? Yeah, I mean, um, he, looks, he looks good. Yeah, man. I, I honestly, here's my, no, here, I got a question for off that. This is what I've been trying to figure out. Who are you putting on digs? You're not going to – with this groin injury already, X isn't the type of – Yeah. Keon Crossan seems like the best bet to put on digs. 
Yeah, I, I think that's probably the best bet at this point, and I and I think you might want to look at trying to get Javon Holland over top there. Yeah, oh yeah, bit. yeah, you brought yo, you definitely bracket him. Yeah, um, but, but you need that at, at, like Keon Crossan has athleticism and speed that no one else can really offer you right now. Well, and you also got to realize Stefan Diggs is going to get his. He's a good football yeah, player. Yeah, he is. You just got to. I mean, bro, you got to limit. That's it. You talk about your draft day. I mean, I went to Maryland. He went to Maryland. He went to good council here locally. He was a guy when he fell to the fifth round, man. I mean. I'm not acting like I was some kind of draft savant. Any person that watched Maryland football was like, how the hell did this guy fall to the fifth round? And then, you know, when he went to Buffalo, I mean, look, him and Josh Allen just have amazing chemistry together. And it's cool. I mean, like, let's not, let's not. And that's that's when Allen turned the corner. Funny enough, Tua gets Tyreek, he gets Diggs, and they both look like they are going to turn the corner in year three. Right. You know what I, one thing I, I think is a key to this game, whenever we play Buffalo, right? Their defense, I mean, their running backs, and I don't even think they have good running backs, to be honest. Yeah. They always find a way to get some big plays on the ground. Yeah. You know, like yeah. Yeah. Zach Moss ran Because we're so honed in on Allen, right? Yeah, we got to we gotta change that narrative. I, I think the run is – But actually- this is the best front they're going to see from us, though. Well, and, yeah. and I also include our outside linebackers when I say front because of our, you know, defensive formation, right? Well, so. and, and I'm going to say Jalen Phillips needs to start, you know, getting there. He's got to start so getting there. Zogba. Right. Yep. They got Both start of the guys. Yep. And I think you need to rotate Ingram out a little bit more. He's looking tired at some points. You need to rotate. Well, Ankle's not been playing much at all, huh? Well, yeah, the appendix. You need to rotate him, but they haven't been giving Trey Flowers much either. Yeah. And he had a nice stop when he was in on Sunday. Yeah. So you need to rotate Melvin more. But anyways, guys, we are going to be back next week to dive back in Fin too deep again. Hopefully. It's celebrating a victory over the Bills. Until next time, everyone, stay happy, healthy, safe, and blessed. And fins up all day, every day.